The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 3.07 on this gorgeous Wednesday afternoon. Uh, reminder, don't leave humans, don't leave your animals in the vehicle on a hot, hot day like this. We had a number of issues yesterday. Yes, we did. So I got an email, it. a long email from somebody who said on my recommendation, although I don't specifically recommend it, I don't remember recommending this specifically. I said that I had bought a hammer. Yeah. I was looking for an you, opportunity well, to use it. Well, you're just waiting for it. I am. And I, I, I'll own that. I am waiting to spot a, a dog in the backseat of a car. But they had bought one. Oh, and, okay. Uh, they now, they're to just let waiting. Know. Just yeah, they're waiting heads up. As well. There are men with small hammers <laughs> in the city around. waiting to break your windows. Okay. Uh, Michael Walters, uh, Ward 10 City Councilor, joining us in studio this afternoon. Thanks. Great to be here. I'm so happy to see you. I've not uh, had you in studio before. I think you two have yeah, been together. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. But I've been away or whatever. So. I, thank you so much. It's if so much better conversation tree, when you're here. If he brings up I'm the not going to bring up the tree again. <laughs> right. The tree's uh, resolved. Let's talk about other matters. And I'm happy to be here. If it was, if I'd known it was going to be so hot, I would have brought you ice cream. I'm sorry. Oh. That'd Next nice. time. Oh, we can Next go to commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with this one. We just talked yeah. to uh, Ben Gardner. Uh, he's involved with that uh, Agora Borealis group uh, who want to take over the Coliseum and put in some housing, the multifamily housing, student old age, possibly a hotel, possibly this big atrium. Um, and you guys really shut them down yesterday, it you sounds like. You called it like a, a fairy tale, as I recall. Well, I, I, I called, I alluded to the exercise of, of, you know, receiving these unsolicited repurposing ideas, a fairy tale. And I, and I certainly don't uh, mean to uh, discourage uh people in Edmonton from being creative and, and bringing their ideas to us uh, at committee. We heard their presentations. I, I you know, certainly can attest to the, the respect shown to everybody by members of committee and in hearing those folks. But what we were talking about yesterday was <laughs> the whole exhibition lens. Mm -hmm. We know uh, back on April 3rd that council uh, voted to permanently close uh, uh, the Coliseum, which in, in my mind, the word permanent actually means is, permanent is permanent and that uh, that takes you to the next question was well what do you do with that building that's permanently closed and you, you certainly don't want that to sit there uh, in the way of all the other work that's occurring around planning with the community that whole 160 acre uh -huh. piece of land in the middle of Edmonton close to an LRT station which could massively uh, contribute to our densification. Well, let's get right down to the brass tacks, though, because uh, I don't know how long we have you for, and I, <laughs> I, I love having you. Okay, well, keep that in mind that you said that. <laughs> um, so, two things. Uh, first of all, I'm of the understanding that we don't know the cost of demolition, and my question would be, so how did you come to the conclusion that it was most cost-effective to demolish uh, the old barn if you don't know what the cost of demolition is? So, uh, we voted to permanently close the Coliseum, knowing that the demolition conversation would be next. And so uh, relative to that, we need to know the cost. And we're, there's work underway And right what if now. the cost is really outrageously high? Then would you revisit the repurposing conversation? Well, we'll see what that cost is. We're going to find it. We'll know that in, in I, I guess, September or October. Uh, our administration told us that yesterday. So 
but what I know about repur repurposing so far is you have a very sturdy, well-built 40-year-old building, which philosophically offends me to have to, on many levels, to, to be an advocate of taking out tearing down because it's not that old and it's uh, on, on the surface very wasteful but you have a very purpose-built structure that I my understanding again not being a contractor or construction guy or an engineer uh, but I've talked to a lot of those people to even half demolish that thing to re which is really what needs to happen or three-quarters demolish it to then repurpose it uh, to something else. Yeah, take it down to the two by fours. The cost of just demolishing it flat out is less than hmm. that kind of kind of very strategic focused kind of destruction that would be required to put it back as as anything else that was suggested in that unsolicited. Okay, uh, and then you know, let me just one more, Jay, and then yeah, that's okay. I'll stay quiet. No, I swear. no, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I have the advantage, uh, you know, of just uh, having a radio show and not having to have the facts. <laughs> so that's why we have... I'll, I'll try to backfill the facts All as right. best as I can. Perfect. Not knowing everything, but... Is it... Uh, many people have the impression that the real issue here is not whether or not the building is soundly structured or whether or not there's an alternative purpose for it that's viable. Um, the real question comes down to what agreement did we make in building the new arena right. that prevents us from a viable plan for the old arena? Yeah, and I think that agreement certainly limits the uses. There's no <laughs> secret about that. Uh, that deal was previous council decision uh, and uh, w you know we've talked about that agreement uh, ad nauseum and <laughs> trying to understand what it means and doesn't mean and and it led it actually led to us being a little more explicit about look at let's just permanently close this thing because there is really no use and it's, it's not the first time we've talked about mm -hmm. repurposing we actually did go uh, our administration did go to the OEG to Oilers Entertainment Group and contemplate this repurposing multiplex uh, in combination with Hockey Canada, Hockey School, Indigenous Hockey Academy, Academy. There was a number of ideas being floated around and the, the sort of preliminary uh, feedback that we got very early on that idea was that it's it would be far cheaper just to tear down and build something from scratch. So your fear was that you'd end up in court over this? Well, that I think that we have to be mindful of that agreement for sure, because it is a legally binding agreement where we have to look out for the best interests of, of Edmontonians in, in, in minding that agreement. And that the other piece, it, but it's not just that, as I you know, reflect in that story about c contemplating the Hockey Canada partnership, uh, the structure itself because of the way it's built and so purpose built as an as a large arena uh, would have to would be massively expensive enormously expensive uh, and the the word we got from our engineers uh, was that it would cost more to it would be cheaper actually to tear down and build hmm. something fresh Michael, a, c a couple of questions, and just going back, we're getting texts, people wondering about, um, and lots of them, well, I thought there was a movie company that was interested, and I said, well, it's that whole entertainment thing. Can you talk about that entertainment clause, like that that, that building, the Coliseum, was not allowed to be used? For sports and enter entertainment. For sports and entertainment. It's sub subjective, uh, in, in some ways, and that could some clear for others. Uh, yeah, because that entertainment right. portion is like, okay, well, right. what is class? Yeah, is, at the end of are the we day, having like Marvel competitions? And, yeah, well. Well, I, I, you know, I'm. If I was on council at the time, I'd be more apt to to label the deal. So I, I won't do that. You know, f 
future councils are going to suggest that things I do are bad for sure, <laughs> for sure, probably. But I so I don't want to I don't want to play in that language necessarily. But I think that it is the deal that we have, so. uh, and I think more important is the opportunity looking forward. So we have a, a city that's about to that our next city plan is contemplating two million people. <laughs> We're planning for one point five to two million people. Now we need to. F- for the first time ever, double our population without doubling our land mass. Mm-hmm. That would be a very wise financial decision for us to make, to, a principle to commit to, is double our population without doubling our land mass. So then we have to think about where are our most significant opportunities to put all those people without taking up so much suburban or farmland on the edges of the city and, and of the region. We have great opportunities in the quarters, at Blatchford, at, at, in Rossdale, uh, lots of opportunity downtown and Northlands is, is in uh-huh. that, that sort of basket of opportunities and or, or the exhibition lands uh, as they're called. So I think that that opportunity to me is, is paramount. The agreement matters a fair deal, a fair bit uh, for sure. The, the unlikely uh, scenario that there is a cost effective, even I listened on driving here to Mr. Gardner. He's very well-spoken and, and committed Edmontonian, but this very soft language in mm. his assertions mm-hmm. uh, may be viable. We heard the word vague a lot on the text vague. line from our listeners. That's very right. vague. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, get, and with all due respect, uh, didn't his presentation yesterday or other things I've heard haven't provided me with any confidence whatsoever that there's any clear understanding of what it would cost to repurpose that building. And as clear as I've uh, the, the best information I've been given is by our staff in terms of that other contemplation I talked about mm-hmm. before with the, the a sixplex, the multiplex. Well, shouldn't we be? Shouldn't we have had these conversations about ideas? Or did was there a time two years ago when we were well, the conversation coming up with happened. ideas? Yeah, there's there's always been a time. People bring us ideas all the but time. But was there this a time frame? idea com- came oh. out of nowhere, oh, right? Man. Mm. And ideas come to us, and we have to respond to them. We've responded. This is a far more complicated mm-hmm. situation, and that we have, uh, you know, this started with what do we do with Nor- Northlands, the organization, and the racetrack, and the uh-huh. Expo Center, and its agricultural roots, the the arena, the downtown arena agreement, all of these things are kind of circulating together and created a fair bit of complexity, and now most of that stuff is sorted, and here we have uh, a building that we're going to pay a million and a half bucks a year to keep dark, basically boarded up, mm. and we look at other cities, I was talking to a fellow counselor uh, before I came over here today about other other arenas around North America in Kansas City and in Detroit that sat empty for 15 yeah. years. What does it do to the neighborhood? empty parking lot. Yeah. Which, what does it do to the neighborhood? What does that do to the city? So I think what's most important in terms of the consideration here is that land, right? I, I have a fair bit of nostalgia for that building. I, I, I have a fair bit of appreciation for the the irony of tearing something down that's not very old mm-hmm. uh, as a sustainability guy. Uh, but sometimes you're, you just don't have a pathway out. And nothing I've seen uh, from the, the unsolicited uh, proposals gives me confidence that we should change course. Hmm. Let's take we a break. Should, yeah, let's take our break. Um, you had said that you can stay and that you're open to any questions. So do you mind if we move now over to marijuana? Sure. All right, let's take a break like and then talking be- about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. <laughs>
studio with uh, War 10 counselor uh, Michael Walters. Uh, we just, I think, disposed of the conversation with regard to uh, the Coliseum. Let's uh, move over to uh, marijuana. So we talked today on this show about uh, marijuana. Now the, pre- or the uh, Prime Minister announcing October 17th, the date for it to be legalized. A number of our listeners, Nathan in particular, mm-hmm. phoned to say that businesses uh, are scrambling to be able to... He's an occupational yeah, health occupational and health safety guy. So, and my question was, well, why is everybody scrambling if this certainly couldn't have come as news to them? It's been talked about for years. So what's going on with the city of Edmonton? What's going on with the cost of enforcement? What's going on with... Uh, where you can and can't? Yeah. Where are we with it in Edmonton? So three things that we had to do to prepare is uh, deal with our zoning bylaw, land use rules and regulations, uh, business licensing, and the rules around public consumption, where you can where you can. Uh, the cost of enforcement is a bigger mm. question around, well, the feds and the province have created a deal, 75% of costs or revenues will go back to the province. Unclear how much of that comes to municipalities, Mm. which is a very unsatisfying place for the city (laughs) to be in. Uh, And it's it's disconcerting because we can't tell. We don't know what it's going to cost. So we try and do cost recovery on business license and development permits for the cost of those things. But policing, social disorder, public health, that's all unknown. Uh, So it's hard to put a dollar figure on it. but at the same time, it would be wonderful if the province would be a little clearer about what they will give uh, in terms of financial support to the provinces, and it's been disappointing to this point. However, uh, in terms of what we're responsible for, we've set our land use rules in place, 200 metres from schools, uh, parks, rec centres, those kinds of things, 100 metres from you know, healthcare clinics, hospitals, mm-hmm. So the same as smoking? Uh, smoking tobacco? We- no, no different no. because you can sell it's tobacco just, everywhere, but you can't uh, sell. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought yeah. you were talking about usage. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. This is the where business yeah, is set up. Yeah, right. And and 200 meters apart to avoid them mm-hmm. from clustering two on a block. Can I stop you there right. for a second? Because I'm I'm told that that creates uh, a desert in certain areas. Uh, my neighborhood, for one, because we have so many of the things that you just described already. Right. We're fortunate to have them that nobody would be able to open up in our area. So let's let me go back and zoom out a little bit to okay. the principles. When you know, it was, so we've done a lot of. We had a lot of debate and read a lot of information and had a lot of presentations and information about the best way to do this uh, at our urban planning committee. Uh, And it was important for us to establish principles off the bat. So do we want to protect and keep this away from kids as much as we can as a fundamental principle? Yes. Do we want to ensure public safety as a principle? Do we want it to be business friendly? Do we want to make sure that because there's such a divergent viewpoint on this uh, in our survey results. Mm. Let's try and represent as many people, as views as possible. So we establish those as principles, and then I kind of lean on the drug and alcohol-free youth, uh, tobacco-free youth, which kind of leads to those decisions around, well, let's keep this as far away from schools and parks Mm. and rec facilities as we can. Uh, We don't want to model that this is not, you know, sort of good behavior or the right thing to do. Um, I'm not opposed to legalization. I, I think it's there's a lot of merit in it. It's been challenging to regulate municipally, but I think we're at a place where we've taken a lot of good advice and I think we have good sound policy in place on land use, on business licensing. And, and well, 
there may be less opportunities in some areas than others. If I showed you a map of where you can do it, you would look at that and say, you can pretty much do it in most quadrants of the city reasonably. Like there's, you can, there's opportunity. When you say do it, you can, you can buy it. You can no no no. You can set up a a retail. I see. Okay. Retail uh-huh. business. Okay. We're going to deal with cannabis lounges and edibles and all that stuff in a year, but this is now just the retail of the the product that you would you would combust, you'd smoke. Right. And uh, so the last thing we have to do is is our rules on public consumption, which is going to happen in July. I, I feel a little more conservative uh, on that than, than I think some on council are. I, I'm worried about sort of widespread smoking of it. Uh, although I appreciate the argument that since it's legal, mm-hmm. you have to accommodate uh, people to you have to provide some space, particularly since many people who live in multifamily or condos may be limited from by those rules from smoking in their own homes. Uh, we have to balance all that. So right now, where we're at, uh, the latest proposal before us is 30 meters from playground equipment or a sports field, which I think is way too close. I think it should be more like 100 meters, uh, which is almost out of sight, uh, and and 10 meters away from an open window or a door on a public side. But then enforcement becomes the um, the issue, right? right? Well, we have alcohol limitations, and we have an enforcement infrastructure in place to deal with that. And sure. I think when you set the rules. Knowing that 95-plus percent of the people are law-abiding, are law-abiding yeah, yeah. they just accept those and, and behave accordingly. And so enforcement agencies, police, bylaw, community standards are already there. It's not like you'd need a redundant system. For right, them. right, right. Let's continue this conversation. Looks like you're sticking around the next half hour. Yeah, Ward 10 City I'm Council. happy to if you want. Yeah, we want you here. Michael Walters <laughs> joining us in studio. Stick around. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.